It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner, joined by Chad Brendel of BearcatJournal.com and Rick Roaring from MusketeerReport.com. Welcome into the Skinny Podcast, the college basketball edition presented by Joseph Infinity of Cincinnati. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com digital sports columnist and editor with Chad Brendel from Bearcat Journal and Rick Boring from Musketeer Report. It's our uh, mid-to-end-of-week podcast and our twice-a-week podcast. Um, and we've got a lot to discuss. Let's start uh, with the most recent games uh, from Wednesday night. Xavier, with the, uh, with, with the win uh, over Providence, now has clinched at least a tie for the uh, Big East Championship, um, which I guess lends itself to cutting down nets now. Um, I'm not sure when that became a thing. When did that become a thing? When has it not been? Has that for regular season titles? I, 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 it just seems like it's becoming a thing. What cutting down nets when you win a title? Yeah, when you win a regular season title. I, I've I, never. I've, th- Xavier's did that when they were in the A10. Did they decades Man, ago? Yeah. I, just, I don't. I guess I just don't get that. It doesn't. I don't. I, I just don't get it. Okay. Plus, plus, you really haven't finished the deal yet either, right? I mean, you really haven't. Got to go to DePaul to finish this deal off. I just don't know. Um, I, I for an outright title by themselves well, yeah I, I think i'd want the outright title for myself and, oh, and, sure, and to but, clinch a number one seed sure but i mean you understand pr in 2018 and if you get a share of a Big East title you're going to say we got a share of a Big East title right i i, I don't i don't know of a lot of programs that cut down nets for regular season t- championships i don't i, don't, I, I literally I'm, all of them okay <laughs> there I, I can't think of one that doesn't i i, I haven't seen many interesting I, conference tournament championships yes Tournament championships, yes. Regular season ones, eh. Just not a big. I, I don't know. It just I, it, it strikes me as eh. You just said the same thing when NKU did it like this weekend. I thought it was weak. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, you drive all the way back and cut down a net in a court that you didn't win the championship on. That's goofy. It's very staged and goofy to me. That's all. All right. It's a weird take to start the podcast. Off I know. Well, I just. Enough. I know. I. I just. I don't know. I just don't. It's just one of those ones. I just don't. I just don't get it. For whatever. What, what do you not get? I don't understand this. You win a championship. You cut down nets. That's been a thing since. But I, I played third I, grade I, basketball. For, for me, I, I still got a game to win, man. I, I, there's still an important game out there to win for many reasons. This almost feels like, who we did it. No, you didn't. You really haven't. I think you might be overthinking that one a bit. All right. Maybe. Maybe. Let's talk about the game itself, though. Um, first half, J.P. Bakura doesn't score. Najee Marshall doesn't score. Xavier still was up at the half and still ends up winning the game fairly fairly comfortably. And I think it goes back to what you've talked about, Rick, is the fact that um, it may be one or two guys on a night that don't have it for a period of time and three or four other guys pick up the slack. And then the second half, J.P. picked the slack back up. That's why this this team is, is, is really clicking right now because if, if you tell me in a half you can take away those two guys, not one, but both, um, I would think that you might have a lead, and yet Providence didn't have a lead. So, again, it smacks to the fact that there's just a lot of weapons. Yeah, last Wednesday, you think back to the game at Georgetown, and it's JP, it's Najee Marshall, and it's Quentin Gooden. Then last night, it's Quentin Gooden, and it's Trayvon Blewett, and then it's the tandem of the two Cantor bigs, Sean O'Mara and Cantor, inside. And it's like... And even Tyreek, I think, had what he had four in the first half. I don't. I, don't I think he, that was what he yeah, finished yeah. with, like four or six, but... Like the, I guess the difference is Najee Marshall and Quentin Gooden have taken their game to a level where they're scoring like stars now. I mean, when when needed. And it's not every game. It doesn't need to be every game because you still have Trayvon Blewett and J.P. Makira. But if you go back to that two-game losing stretch earlier in the season, we talked about this team, if Trayvon isn't Trayvon and J.P. isn't J.P., they're going to be in trouble because that's how they win. Right. Now that's just not the case. No, they've they, won games here. Uh, you go go to Trayvon at um, at uh, at Creighton, where he had what 
seven points, nine points, whatever it was, seven points, I think. Or Georgetown where or he Georgetown, had two. Right. Yeah, correct. Or Georgetown where he had two. You you don't win you don't win those games usually. I mean you just you just shouldn't in theory, and yet they have. No, and, and one of the things that's interesting about the Quentin Good and Najee Marshall dynamic is they're the team's best defenders, also. So when you've got those two playing well and scoring well, when Chris Mack has a situation where JP or Trayvon isn't at their best, it's almost a relief on the defensive end because you feel like I can take one of those guys out a little more often tonight. Right. I don't have to have both of them on the right. floor all the time. Those two guys, Xavier's playing really well. They're winning games. The defense is shaky. How long does this thing last? And are they real? Like, yes, they're top 15 good, but are they really a contender? Are they really top 10? That was a question for me. Now, I don't know if there's five teams in the country that I think are better than Xavier legitimately. Yeah, I, I, I can't either because some, some of it is also due to other teams' inconsistencies well, as, we, as we've seen. But um, that's their inconsistency. Xavier's is they've been consistent by getting three or four guys on a night to, to contribute. And, and I, don't, that's the thing, I don't know if there's a lot of teams in the country that, that have that. They, if you take away their two guys maybe, maybe their third, you take away one of their guys and you take away two of their guys, I'm not sure they have a third guy. Maybe they have a third, but they don't have a fourth and a fifth and a sixth. And that's a lot of teams. I'm talking a lot of teams don't have that. I, I legitimately don't know if there's another team in the country with nine guys that Xavier has offensively. I mean, because all nine guys that they have can go out and get them a big double-digit performance on any given night. And they've proven capable of that within the last month or so, within the last five or six weeks. And, and Everyone even, has put up a game like and that. And even from a matchup standpoint, when you have a chance to throw it inside to, against teams that can't guard the post, those guys get you something. On nights where, eh, that's not the place to go, let's go somewhere else. Um, that's the other part to it is, is depending on matchups, you're not so pigeonholed as we play through this guy or we play through that guy or we have to have that guy do it. It is... All right, where where can we attack you? Because that's your weakness, and it may not be our overall strength, but it's our strength that night. And we've talked about with the post guys. There's nights where you get ten or twelve from them because it's just not the right match. And there's nights you've gotten what upwards of thirty-seven or whatever the hell it was in the Butler game where they just said, "Here, you can't guard them. Have have a good day." And and even like last night, same same circumstance. And I, I think that's a, that makes a very tough team to match up with, especially when you get a lot of short turnarounds like we're going to have in the next few weeks. My favorite thing about Chris Mack and the way he's coached his teams always is the freedom he gives them offensively for one that's fun because you give your team a lot of freedom you get some yolo shots from jp you get some crazy stuff going on it's more fun to watch just in general it's more entertaining um i also think when you start playing well offensively you get more freedom and more flow going but then the other side of that what it does it teaches your players how to read what's going on and how to play just play within themselves yeah, just play. and not have to be so structured yeah and what and our offense is point A to point B to point C to the basket as opposed to just go make a play. And as the season has gone on, you've seen the value in that. Like what they get on runs at times where it's like they can do no wrong. Because like you said, they have drivers, they have shooters, they have post players, they have guys that can do pretty much everything. So when the deep they're get they get in that rhythm offensively, they're just giving whatever the defense takes them. They're reading stuff. I mean, there was a play last night where they ran through their little elbow series and Trayvon and Tyreek were totally in sync, just run a play perfectly. There wasn't really much of an opening, but both of them knew exactly how the defense was playing, exactly what the read was, and they ended up just doing a little over-the-top lob, and Tyreek dunks it in, and it's just like a lot of teams don't see that and aren't in sync enough to see that coming. Um, and Xavier is. It wasn't a set play. It wasn't a specific action they were running. It was just something within their offense that they eventually got to, and they knew exactly what was coming when the defense played them the way they did. 
they both connected and they, they hit the play. So I've been really impressed with the way the Xavier team has continued to progress because they started off the season well and they were playing well midway through the season. And yet they've continued to get better. They haven't lost that focus. They haven't lost that edge. Um, they're playing their best basketball right now. Um, I, I heard this question was posed to you on a, on a talk radio show here in town, um, and it was an interesting one of, of where Trayvon Blewett ranks in, in the in the Xavier pantheon of players. Um, your your answer, I think, was the, was the answer that I, I think you're going to give here, obviously. But um, he certainly is in the top two or three for sure. Maybe not number one based on the fact of the guy you're going to talk about has had the lengthiest NBA career of any Xavier player. But he's been a very important player, especially in the transition through the Big East. Yeah. I mean, in terms of what they've done at Xavier, David West had the best career, right. I think. And, and I think it's almost impossible to argue against that. just Because he, he was a great college player, too. And then, obviously, what he's done from an NBA perspective. He just totally dominated at the college level and even won some National Player of the Year awards. But that's also in the A-10 there still is that difference that, yeah, he was great against good teams too. You know, he, he took it to the good teams they played. But 18 of your games per year are against A-10 opponents. Yeah, I had an argument. I remember the, the argument back, I think it was the year he was in the conversation for player of the year. And I on, a, on Sports Talk Radio, I made the point, I think my guy was Nick Collison at the time because he played at Kansas, because he played higher level competition. And it wasn't a knock on David West. I think it was taken that way. It was more, I'm watching Nick Collison night in and night out against the, the, the best, the best, you know, some of the best teams in the country as opposed to watching GW or, um, you know, take your St. Bonaventure, take your pick. Again, it wasn't a knock because David dominated and David has proven it because it wasn't a two year NBA career. It's a double digit. It's a, it's a decade plus and 15 year NBA career for goodness sakes. But that was the argument kind of back then of, okay, he's really, really, really good. If, if he played in big 12, maybe he'd be as good as Nick Collison, but I, I didn't think at the time he was. Um, and you're right about Trayvon for schedule. Yeah. All four years he he's done it against the highest level of competition and carrying Xavier through kind of a tumultuous time. When he first got there, they were, you know, things weren't great when, when he first arrived on campus and he immediately made an impact he got Xavier back to pretty much the pinnacle, the highest point they've ever been at in their program's history this year. And also, you look at his sophomore year. He had him ranked in the top five and you know beat Villanova at home. Had a great year, even though they lost early. Last year, he leads them to an Elite Eight. This year, they are where they are. We'll see how it finishes out. But, man, when you're talking about what he's accomplished in his career, not just by himself, but as a team together... He's right up there. Like it's probably got to be David West. The answer still probably has to be David West. Sure. But I think he's number two. And yeah, and that's not a knock on Byron Larkin either because he, he was a very important player, the all-time leading scorer, all that. Got him the first NCAA tournament win. I mean, a lot of important things. But Trayvon's done more. Yeah, no one will ever touch Byron's numbers. Right. But Byron will also tell you that was a completely different day. You know, uh, just a completely different level of basketball. And I'm not saying all these guys could go up and put those same numbers up even in even sure. at that level. But it was a completely different level. It's really hard to compare the two. Yeah. All right, Xavier next has the poll. I mean, and I'm not serious. Do you worry at I all? Would. About I would. A I would be much more worried about the DePaul game than I was the Providence game if I was a Xavier fan. Yeah, and, and again, I go back to just the fact that you celebrated that. I, I, that's, I guess, the part that bugged me is yeah, you still that, have a game to play and an important game to play. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that has any bearing on it. But keeping in the theme that we've talked about with this Xavier program, last night felt like a big game. They needed yes. it. And they they had already it. lost to that team. Right. It was senior day. All of those things. They got up for it, and they played like they do when they get up. The DePaul game at DePaul, on the road, 2,000 people are probably going to be there. 
how how do, do they get up for that one? Because those are the games no, they tend to, to coast for thirty five yeah, minutes. You have to create your own energy too, because there's no crowd to fight against. I mean, sometimes even going on the road against a hostile crowd is good because they're providing energy. They're providing for energy for you to play against. When there's two thousand in a gym and it's 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 dead and it's not not much, you got to create your own. And I, I I just I think that's a danger spot. I really do. Yeah, I I would be much more concerned about that game than I was the Providence game. The good news for Xavier is. They've already got a share of the Big East title because they did take care of business against Providence. And I don't know that it, it matters a whole lot against uh, the DePaul game other than the fact that you could put yourself in jeopardy for that number one seed if you yeah. lose to DePaul. Yeah, and that's that's the final wrap-up on that part of it is it, it, let's say you lose to DePaul and the worst-case scenario, you go out in the quarters of the Big East tournament. I don't think either – I don't think both happen. Maybe one of them happens. I don't think both happens. Um, I guess Xavier at that stage would fall in danger. You beat DePaul, and I think you cement, cement a one seed with, no matter what you do in the Big East term. I think we even talked about it. You beat Providence, beat DePaul, end of story. Well, especially because both North Carolina and Duke just lost. Yes. They also have to play each other again this weekend, so one of them is going to lose again. Um, we'll know what Michigan State has done by the end of the weekend. They can't get there. Michigan State and Purdue cannot get there anymore. I, because maybe even not. if they win it all, they get one win over each other in the finals, and before that, you get a win over... Michigan, Michigan, I mean, yeah, maybe Ohio State for Purdue, but for for Michigan State, the best they can do, I think, is a win over Michigan. I think it, Michigan, and then the finals against either Purdue or Ohio State, yeah, it would have it, to be Purdue. But know? that's not that's just not going to be enough, especially when you look at the rest of the resume. I don't think there's a way either of the Big Ten teams can get into the one seed spot. I think it could. I think Duke has a chance if they went out. I don't think North Carolina I has I, a chance I, see, anymore. See, I, I don't think Carolina has a chance, and I think Duke hurt itself by losing at Virginia Tech. Oh, Duke absolutely hurt itself. But if they win all the way out and the, the committee really wants to factor in the ACC tournament, there's an argument that could be made for Duke still maybe. But I think it's pretty clearly the, the four teams we've already talked about. It's going to be Virginia, Villanova, Xavier, and Kansas. Yeah, and Villanova obviously escaped last night with Seton Hall because that would have probably put them in a spot where maybe they play themselves off the one seed line. Possibly, but I don't. I mean, the way this thing has gone, it's. All, I feel like it's almost cemented with those four at this point. It'd be the Purdue Michigan State team if they if they win the Big Ten championship and and maybe Nova doesn't. Maybe they lose a regular season finale and lose. Maybe they lose in the quarterfinals of the Big. I don't think that's going to happen, but maybe that's the only thing I can think of. I mean, Duke certainly put itself in a very. I don't think Duke can get there now with the loss of Virginia Tech. I just don't. I think Duke has a better chance than Purdue or Michigan State. Well, I'll much give you the, better. I'll yeah. give you the part that they've got a chance to get some better wins. There's no doubt about that. No, no doubt about that yeah, part of it. Yeah, and, and they've got a better resume than both of those yeah. teams. Much better resume at this point. So, yeah, but no, I th- I mean, at this point, if you're a Xavier fan, you've got to feel as good as you've ever felt because it's almost everyone else has played themselves out of the one seat, yeah. more so than even Xavier's had to do anything, and, and they've taken care of business to their credit. The, the DePaul game, they, they get past that. I don't see any, any way they're not a one seat. Yeah. Um, all right, let's turn to UC. They played Tulane on, on the night that we're doing this, so I'm going to kind of gloss over that game and, and jump ahead a little bit. That that first segment was my favorite of Xavier fans. Uh, well, okay, because you, you didn't want to say anything? I didn't have anything nice to say, so I didn't say anything. Okay. That was a really good effort by you. Yeah, it was good. It was good. We were wondering. I set the microphone, I was put his microphone down and just looked at his phone for 20 minutes. I was wondering if he was here. Did you, know he was, did you even know yeah. he was here? I, I did, because okay. I can hear him heavy, heavy breathing. But Gotcha. Gotcha. So you're just gonna you're just gonna bite your tongue, right? Yeah. Okay. That, that's 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 a prudent move on your part. I I figured it was. Did the I best. speak for you? Yeah. Okay. I, I think you covered me. All right. I felt good in the elevator coming up because you told me what your take was. Yeah. So then I didn't really have to say anything. Okay. All right. I'm just just making sure. All right. Um, 
you know, we just talked about Xavier on the one line. UC might have already played its way up to the two going into the weekend um, because you mentioned Carolina with the loss um, moves itself down. Duke and Carolina play again. Michigan State and Purdue were probably on the two line right now, and probably one of them will get knocked off. You would, I mean, I think I think all. The, the two Big Ten teams and the two ACC teams right now are your two seeds, pretty they are. definitively. They'd have to but, lose but, again, I think, no, to get that's out right. of that. Well, okay, but, but they, they also – and I think they will lose. I mean, they're at least going to lose again. One of them, they're going to play each other at some point or they're going to lose somewhere along the way. Right. I should say a loss outside of – you know, not okay. a top ten loss okay. to one of each other. That's probably – Probably right. I mean, if Purdue lost to Ohio State, would that kill them? No. Okay. No. Because that would still, be the semifinal game. Two seed. Um, but UC's played itself back into it, I guess, at least to have a fighting chance. But obviously, you, you can't slip up against Tulane. I don't think they will. Um, and then you have to go to Wichita, and I'm not sure they win that. I feel good about Wichita. Do you? Why? I think getting a look at Wichita that first time is a big plus for them. Um, I think there was, and, and we didn't, and I, I'm mad that I didn't think about it, but we didn't talk about it going into the Wichita game here. They had an advantage that I didn't really contemplate. One of their assistant coaches is Donnie Jones. Donnie Jones was at Central Florida all the way up until last year. So he knew, he's a terrible defensive coach, but he knew what UC was going to do defensively and if you go back and watch that game, Wichita State is a team that runs 100 sets. They barely ran any. And I think that was having well, so- Donnie Jones knowing the way that Mick plays defense and having that experience against him and saying the way to get them is to get the screens, make them switch, and then attack the switch. Because normally I think Wichita State would have just ran their stuff. They didn't run their stuff at all. They yeah, I just, also think they beat some pressure, too. They beat pressure for some good-look threes, too. Yeah, but it wasn't like a, like trapping pressure. It was token pressure because they were trying to slow them down so that they had less time to run their sets. They didn't run their sets. And I think that gave Wichita a pretty decent advantage in that they had a game plan because this is the first time these two teams have played. They had an advanced game plan on UC that maybe UC didn't have on them because they don't have any experience with Wichita State. Now I think you get to see them for that that first time. All right, so what's the counter? We'll see. <laughs> I'll say I, I know what it is, but we'll see. I, well, are you legitimately afraid of giving out game plans over a No, I just say we'll see. The, <laughs> we'll see. Coach Brendel. Coach uh, Brendel's afraid to give out his game plan. It's actually Coach Chad. But. Coach Chad. Uh, uh, that's fantastic. They're, they, they're not going to do the same thing that they did that got them burnt in the first game. Okay, we'll see. I, I feel I feel pretty good. I, like I felt bad about that two game stretch. You, you, Houston, you, Wichita, you, and you you were the one that that said you didn't feel good about the the Houston game. Yeah, and, and I didn't feel like I thought they would beat Wichita, but I didn't have a great feeling because I I just I worried about the first two times that these two like you know in conference games you know each other back and forth. They didn't know each other at all, so I don't know. I just have a, a good feeling about that that game Sunday. I I don't know why. I feel a little more worried about tonight than I do Sunday, honestly, because... Because Tulane's good offensively. Don't forget that. Terrible it, defensively. Tulane, Tulane's, Tulane or Tulsa? One of them's good offensively. Tulane, Actually, both of them are good offensively. Tulane, Tulane's getting better. They continue to get better. They have two guys. What concerns me more about them than anything, they have probably the most talented player on the floor in Melvin Frazier. 
And if you look at NBA mock drafts, he's pretty much trending first round everywhere. Um, and then Cam Reynolds is very streaky, but when he gets really hot, he can pump in five, six, seven three-pointers in a game. So I worry about those two guys in an empty gym, like in we an, just in, talked in, about. In an empty gym. On a, on a 9 o'clock on a Thursday night, like... I think you see wins. Like I'm not concerned about that, but I th- the game could be a grind, um, and it might well, be another you, one they have to win with offense. You see, for the most part on the road has had a grinding type of scenario. No matter who they play, where I they almost, play, when they play them, I almost don't know that you can try to to slow this. I, they're going to, I know, but I would run with them. I mean, they're terrible defensively, terrible defensively. Now, I guess the flip side of that is they are. In offensive efficiency, they're 44th in the nation in transition and like 108th in the half court. So that would say slowing them down makes them easier to defeat. But and somehow 139th overall, with despite being high in the half court and the but they're getting transition. better. They they're, they're up there. They're up there. They're good in transition. Like that, they're not they're not good in the half court at all. Um, so I guess that would say slow them down and, and make it a little bit more ugly, but. Um, I would just attack that defense as much as humanly possible and, and put up as many points as you can as opposed to trying to make it a 68-60 to 60 game. Right. Now, UC is not coming back, is that right? No, they're not. Which is the right thing to do. I mean, Correct. The, the, way, I mean, well, the, way, the way the conference – And especially 9, or 9 p.m. Thursday night, noon Sunday, yeah. there's no point in coming back. And they're, actually, they're doing the extra smart thing. A lot of teams would just go get on the plane – Tonight? Yeah, go leave on Friday morning. They're going to wait until Friday. I think they might actually wait until, like, Friday, like, try to get a practice in somewhere in New Orleans on Friday and then get on the plane their normal time, like they would go on a road right. trip, um, at, you know, 4 or 5 o'clock or whatever, get to Wichita, and then, you know, rest and recover on Friday night and Saturday, get a walkthrough in, something along those lines, and then be ready for Sunday morning. Uh, 11 a.m. In, in Wichita, noon time. tip, yeah. noon Eastern. Not not great, but I know a lot of people are upset about that. But the bottom line on that is it's a CBS game. Like, CBS says we're putting you on at noon. Yeah. You're on at noon. You don't – there's no wiggle room around that, especially with, you know, I'm sure they've got – Yeah, because the American doesn't get a lot of game. I mean, right. CBS Sports Network, yes. CBS, no. Yeah. So, big difference. Yeah, you're on – a critical time. Now, I have a question. Skinny. Yes. They played one other CBS game this year. It was on the road at UCLA. I am not a watch the game in public person. I've been invited to watch the game in public. Sunday? Sunday. Oh, don't do it. But the UCLA game, I did. So you're feeling karma? You're feeling the whole... It's a CBS game. They're on the road. Do you remember, do you remember what outfit you wore that day? I don't. See, that's a problem, too. I don't. Do you believe in superstitions? Not like really. That? I, one, I just I hate watching the game around people. Well, you just hate people too. There's that. I mean, yes, you know, that, I mean that's a big part this, of it. This like, kind of adds to the mix. Yeah, just I just I, I well I I want to watch the game and like they want to talk about stuff or like you know when I, at the UCL the UCLA game people are wanting to talk about different things that they're seeing or what this and that. I, like I don't want to talk. I just want to watch the game. Like the the game is going on. Yep. Like maybe in a commercial break, if you can give me ninety seconds of a conversation, I can deal with that. But like during the game, like just shut up. I'm watching the game. I don't want to talk I to think anybody. That's, that's a fair thing. But but do I have to go out? No, no. I I think I think you're safe staying at home because again, because there's different parameters too. It was a different day. It was a different time. 
But it was a CBS game on the road, you, you, and they you, won comfortably. You, you don't know what you were wearing that day. You could I could really probably go back and figure it out. Do the players know what Coach Chad does during games? Or? No. No, they're not aware. Okay, then I think they'll be all right. I think they'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. are you, do you, you're not a superstitious guy when you watch, are you? You're not like you got to have certain things. What am I watching? NKU. Xavier or NKU, either one. NKU. NKU. If NKU makes the finals against Wright State, I'll be wearing a green shirt and have my socks on inside out, and because you wearing the same underwears from two months ago, and I'll pull out all. Do the you really stops. believe in that stuff? No, not at all. I'm not, and I'm not a superstition. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot guy. of fans like that, though. I oh mean, yeah, there are a lot. I I don't think I'm like a lot of fans. I don't like sports the way a lot of fans like yeah. sports. I, I usually will wear the same pullover and the same slacks if I'm winning. I I, I won't change those. So the national championship season, well, same thing. Same. I, I wore this. I actually did laundry with the same outfit every single day for seven straight days of the tournament. Part of that. You like how I threw in there that he did the laundry? Sure, you did, oh, buddy. Yes. I did. I had to. I was. Every I was, third, I was every by third, myself. Fourth day. I was by myself. So you just washed the the quarter zip and the pants. And the pants. That's it. That was it. And, so- and the socks. He- Pulled up those khakis each morning at the hotel. I was like, eh, they don't smell that much like vodka. No, Let I, me smell the crotch. I, trust me. I, the smell of them was not, it needed. They had to be washed every single day. I don't mind doing laundry. I'm a, I'm a kind of a You're laundry a big laundry freak. guy. I'm a big laundry freak. Right, here's the thing, though. No one dislikes doing laundry. You, everyone just hates folding clothes. So do you actually fold them after you're done? Um, hang them. Yeah, I'm, I'm a hanger and a draper. Yeah, I hang them. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't fo- I don't fold. I mean, t-shirts maybe. You'd throw those in a bag or a, or a laundry basket and, and go. Yeah, I, I do hangers. Or if it's not important enough, I like to I like to do the thing where you just drape it over like the arm of a oh, couch or a chair. I do that. Yeah. With, with, short, with short pants, summertime short pants, those just... They call them shorts? Short, short pants, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute! Did you just call short well, short pants? Well, I, I, summertime short pants. I meant like dress shorts, not not like athletic still shorts. Still called shorts. shorts. Still called shorts. Yeah, but Tacky shorts. Yeah, but there's also athletic shorts. There's different summertime shorts. Summertime short pants. We call those basketball shorts. Summertime dress shorts. Dressier shorts. How about that? Summertime short pants. You I dra- just I call those. them shorts. I, I, I do drape those. I figure you don't walk around in a lot of like Nike Elite basketball shorts that dry fit down to your ankles. No, I've got a. We do that. I've, I've got a couple pairs of, of practice shorts. Yeah, practice shorts. Practice summertime shorts. practice shorts. Short yeah, pants. Short summertime pants. Summertime practice pants. Summertime short pants. Short pants is the most wild yeah. thing that's been said on this podcast. No, I, I will go back to the superstitions though. My, my dad was a huge UK fan and kept score. He had literally scorebooks going back to the fifties of games, and he would have three sharpened number two pencils. If they were on one bad, if they were on a good run, he'd stay with that pencil. As soon as a bad run went, he'd switch pencils, and then he'd switch sides with pencils. It was, it was honestly, it was bizarre to watch. I couldn't. I, I would I, forget I, the system as, as five I, minutes into as, the game. As I grew into adulthood, I, I kind of, I kind of, I couldn't watch games with him any longer. You couldn't, think? Couldn't do it. That and he, he made. Or he, he couldn't watch games with you. Well, there was that too. There was some of that. That and he, and he <laughs> get out of the room. That and he insisted on listening to the games on the radio that were on TV with the completely unsynced. 20 second delay that I even oh, said that's a wild deal why are you doing that because he, he liked he liked Kaywood and he liked Tom Lee did he have his summertime short pants on uh no those were no because it was not the summertime it was it was it was winter time oh, inside back then you didn't have DVR you couldn't sync it up couldn't sync it up at all it was oh bru- yeah brutal because I was gonna say our boss does that yes yeah yeah he likes yeah, doing the radio do, with yeah. the TV but he syncs it brutal I, I literally you remember the Patrick Sparks three point shot that bounced around the rim yeah. against Michigan State? Oh, yeah. I was in the because I couldn't do it. I was sat completely in another room. All of a sudden, 
Um, he's yelling from, from one room about the shot going in. And I'm like, they haven't even shot the shot yet. What in the world's going to happen? They've ruined it for me. And I'm watching it bounce. I'm like, it's going in. It ruined the tension of the yeah, moment. Yeah, that it. is the worst. Yeah, so anyway, he was Did a superstitious guy. I opened the door and yelled something, slammed the door back, and then turned my volume up so I couldn't hear his volume well, any longer. You probably had to kill him. In it was a family scenario. dinner night, too, of all things. It was a, lot of, it was a good time. Now, now you got the situation with all the new technology where it's like, one of the boxes is yes. a direct line or whatever. The others are communicating or something, so you'll get like a split-second delay. Yeah, that's fine. So, Well, no, it's not, though, because the same thing will happen occasionally. Oh, so you'll be watching yeah. downstairs, you'll hear them scream, and then you're like, oh, yeah, guess this is about to go out of the park. Yeah, I just, I'm not a big superstition guy. So for you, back to you, I, I wouldn't go because you're going to be more tense than the UCLA game, too. Yeah. I'm, just, I, I'm not good in public. I'm really not. Are you shocked by that, that revelation? Rick, what do you think? I, no, you're not shocked by that okay. revelation. Like, if I'm working and, like, we're in a U event, I'm fine. No, he's not. Yes, I am. Yeah, because you don't have a rooting interest either, though. Right. You're just watching. Right. But I guarantee you, you're running your mouth about something. Oh, I'm always talking. About player A, player B, or player yeah, C. Yeah, I'm always talking. And player C's parents are sitting behind you after you say something smart. And no, that's never and happened before. Okay. okay. Just making sure. I, I did see Troy Copain's mom once put a, an entire 15-year-old AAU team on mama timeout. Because? They were mocking her. Like, she's loud and boisterous. You've seen her, like, when they'd show her games, yeah. and she's screaming and cheering for him, and they were sitting a couple rows down Making and over, fun. and they were, like, doing, like, what, you know, mocking. mocking. Yeah. yeah. Hey, hey, all of you, mama timeout right now, knock it off. I'm not sure what that constituted. What did the coach do with mama timeout? They all shut up and just, wow. quick, real quick. That's she shut them up. I I can attest that that did happen, and they did straighten up. That's pretty so, impressive, actually. Yeah, there's... Kudos to her. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's, she's awesome. But when she, when she, when she barked at you, you, you knew she was barking. She seemed like she meant it. Yeah, <laughs> she wasn't kidding. Like I gotta give, I gotta give her a lot of credit for that. Snapping guys. Shut up, a whole fifteen and under AAU yeah, team that is and, probably liking to yap anyway. In one second, they shut up. One of the kid like literally hit his starbursts. Like, yeah, yeah. Mom, gonna, what's about gonna, to happen here? Take she, take yeah, mom and time out. She might take my starbursts. Wow. Holy cow! I, I, I don't know, it's, it's with it's with a bunch of like members of the site and whatnot. See, you know, like, that's good public relations. Though. I know, I know. You have to tell me how this turns out Sunday night. I, I think yeah. you'll end up going. I think you'll feel guilty. You'll wake up. I'm probably you'll gonna hem and, you'll hem and haul. Where, where where are you going to watch at Mio's? Okay. I think you'll wake up. You'll toss and turn. You'll hem and haul, and then you'll make the decision to go. Uh, the one thing, like the other, the other thing, like if I was still in Newport, Will you drink. No, because that'll agitate you. Well, more. One, I'm not a day drinker. Okay, I don't think I can't day drink. I'm bad at it. <laughs> that, would, that, would, that sounds like a bad formula then. Yeah, so I wouldn't day drink. I would okay. get some lunch and and watch the game and and have some lunch. Um, then yeah, I definitely wouldn't go. That sounds like a terrible time. <laughs> Rick's a good day drinker. I didn't I didn't drink at the when we did when I watched the UCLA game and that was that like was four late, o'clock. I say that was late in the early like evening. Four o'clock, yeah. I mean, five o'clock hits, man. You got to pop a top on a Saturday, I bro. I didn't drink then either. Man, disappointed in you. Um, lastly, for UC, we talked about they they probably put themselves very clearly on the three. They are very clearly on the three line. Yeah. A win over Wichita, I think, cements that at the very least, no matter what they do in the AAC. And as we discussed, maybe you win the tournament and you get a break with one of those other four teams well, losing the, again. They've already said what the, the tournament championship doesn't count. Oh, because it comes so late. It's forty-five minutes. Yeah, the, it's, it's going to end. Right, so you get, let's, say you get, let's before, say you get to the, get to the finals. Get to yeah. the final. Yeah, you get to the final. If they win, if they win Tulane at Wichita and get to the finals, 
there's a real good chance they somehow end now, up yeah, at two. Yeah, and you need a little bit of help because from the two line. You would need, well, I mean, right now everything's got them pretty much as the third two, or the first two. Yeah, the bracket matrix had him as a second two, but it was it was not updated. I think the first uh, or the, the first, first two was Auburn or first, uh, first three, three was, was Auburn. Auburn. Yes, correct. And they're going to be ahead of. They're going to if they do that, they'll finish ahead of Auburn. Well, yeah, Auburn's going to Auburn's going to. I don't think Auburn wins the SEC championship. I'm not even sure how deep they get in the SEC tournament. Right. You guys so, are talking about three seeds there. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I meant yeah, three. Yeah. Okay. Uh, to get to get to the two, I think they need to jump one of those four teams. If they win the next four games, I think they'll be able to do that. But yeah, basically, it takes an early loss from Duke, Purdue, North Carolina, or Michigan State, probably, yeah. and UC has a good chance at a two seed. North Carolina just doesn't pass an eyeball test for me. I don't know. I agree. I don't know. I, I disagree. I think they passed the eyeball test, but then I look at their resume and I'm like, uh, yeah, never yeah. mind. Maybe it's both for me. I, they just haven't done for whatever. It doesn't feel like they've done enough, and I, I guess they have. They just feel like, doesn't feel like they've done enough to be on the two line right now. They haven't. Their resume is not good, but then I watch them play, and I'm like, oh, I wouldn't want to play them. Fair enough, but I think they lose. An, they lose another couple times. I think they lose twice more. Brian Snow will say something about that because one, he does every time I say something like that, and two, he hates North Carolina. One hundred percent hates North Carolina more than the GCL. I hate the GCL. He I, hates the GCL pretty vehemently too. Yeah, I. It's hard for me to even see that though because of my level of hatred. I'm like, oh, he's a pretty big fan of the GCL. Yeah, no, he hates him pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, he's a GMC kid. He went to Sycamore, so yeah. there's a lot of hate for the GCL in his heart. But, I mean. GCL just upset a GMC in the tournament as well. Elder beat Mason. So, GCL wins out. Cool. I'm just telling you. And that's talking high school basketball. I, all, that, I just want to let, let him know that, that if you hate the GCL, they're, they continue to win. That's all I know. I'm not a big GCL supporter. I just know what I know. So. It's just bad basketball. So say you. Um, you like t- 38 to 32 games? I, I, I can live with them, yes. Brendel likes them to be 48 to 42 at exactly. least. Exactly. Yeah. At 50 with, to 46 with, with a shot clock. Yeah. <laughs> with a shot clock. <laughs> so, uh, such on Kentucky. Um, they've, they've, ro- they've gotten their act together big time. I listened, again? Well, I listened to Cal last night, and, and again, he's so full of crap a lot of times. But, but I thought he made an interesting point. He said, what we started to do is we started to play through two or three guys. We stopped trying to get everybody involved. And he said, by playing through two or three guys. Now everybody's involved. Everybody, everybody's involved. Again, he, five players and double figures. Correct. And it's, it's been, what has it been? It was five last night, six the game before. Five the game five before the game that. Before five that, the game before that. Five the game before that, yes. The uh, four games now, they've had five guys and double figures. The one game, they had six. Yeah, and... and um, they've just been much more efficient offensively. That's yeah. the thing. I mean, it's not just a matter. They well, they're past, they're, I think they're assisting on 60, 64, 65% of their made yeah, baskets well, now. Year, they were UConn-like. Yeah. Or it was one guy. It was Quad A Green had assists, and that was about it. Yeah. I, they're just they're moving the ball better. They are actually look like they found an identity on offense, and it goes to what we've been talking about since this started. They found the right rotation. Right. I think the biggest key is the two guards playing together. Quad, yeah. Quad A is looking exactly like the kid that I saw in AAU so often and, and why I really liked him as a player and a prospect. And you, you pair him with Shea, Gilgis Alexander, who's really kind of been their best guy, or at least their most talented guy when things have gotten tough most of the year. He was just really inconsistent. But now that he has that running mate, with him, he's not. He doesn't have to look to score as much. He doesn't have to be as aggressive. He's actually looking like more of the true point guard now. Right. And and Quade's taking on more of that scoring role and the shooting role, and it's working out really well for both of them. And then Kevin Knox, people have been down on him. He's taken a lot of heat this year, but I just saw he he's had the most twenty point games by a forward under Cal in a season. That's pretty impressive. 
And now, granted, he's on a little bit different team where he's been asked he's taking to more shots, score yeah. a lot more than than some previous guys. But um, Patrick Patterson was a scorer. Terrence Jones was a scorer. I mean, you, those are, that, that's a couple of guys there. Now, yeah, but, they, but they the, better guys. The system, I know, I know that didn't allow it. Like if Carl Towns wanted to have. 30 yeah. 20 point yes. games when he was at Kentucky yeah. he would have had 30 20 point games sure and that's not to say he's the best forward Cal's had or anything yeah, right. but, but that's still a number that you look up and you go everyone's talked about how inconsistent he is and how he's faded so much and it's like well you put up that many 20 point games you are fairly consistent yeah you know and, and he wasn't enough to overcome all the other deficiencies this team was having but now that they've shored some of those deficiencies up and and a lot of it is just the guy's playing with the right toughness and mindset and and understanding you know Cal gets into all of his self-help and and life coaching skills and stuff when he gets into his post-game speech but I do think with freshmen people overlook a lot of the stuff of just guys not having the right mindset and the right approach to things and maybe even the right work ethic during the season they think well we're at practice till this time and we got study hall till this time and whatever else I'm done when I'm done and I'm tired And, and he was saying like you know why Gilgis Alexander is playing the best right now because he's in before class every day, shooting at 6 a.m., and he's in afterwards working out. Like That's why he has the confidence to play well, and the rest of you don't. And now, all of a sudden, half the team's in there working out before classes and stuff like that. All of them are playing with a little more confidence. I think stuff like that does matter a little bit. Well, I think bit. the other thing, and you touched on this with J.P. McCure, I listened in the interview you did on, on, uh, on, on ESPN 1530, was you know how J.P.'s kind of changed his game this year, and, and the fact in years past, J.P., uh, JP's way of, of thinking he could help the team win was go get buckets because that's what he did in high school. And I think for a lot, you're talking about f- all these freshmen were bucket getters in high school. So their way of, I'm going to play us out of this is I'm going to go get, and it sounds selfish, and it's probably not as selfish as it, it sounds or appears. It's a kid that's, back in the day, when we needed a bucket, I got us the bucket. And guess what? We're down four, I'm getting us the bucket. Um, and now you get a little more trust factor here as the year's gone along. As Cal mentioned, he's playing through, you know, not every every guy, a couple, three guys, depending on matchups, maybe go to Kevin Knox more or go to uh, go to P.J. Washington more. But for the most part, it's just playing through a few guys and, and getting everybody else involved. And I think I think that's a learning process, too. And it, it's and that's a tough one, especially when it's one thing if, if it's one or two freshmen you're trying to deal with. When you're dealing with five, six, seven, that's hard to get through. It just is. 100%. I couldn't agree more with that. I think you're you're absolutely right about they sometimes just don't understand what it means to help the team out right. or to play a role. You know, they they think like you said, chips are down. Okay, I'll go score for us. Well, that's not what we need. We need you to be the best darn rebounder on the court like Jared I mean, Jared Vanderbilt, Cal was talking about he didn't play well at all last night. Had 11, 11 rebounds. rebounds. It's ridiculous the 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 punch he's given them on the glass and defensively. Yeah, no no doubt about it. Um, they are probably a Drink. five seed as we speak, um, but they play at Florida. I'm not sure that's going to be a great win, but it's at least a good enough win. Are they going to make the tournament? I don't know if Alabama's going to make the tournament. Alabama, I think, is out. Them and Oklahoma might be. And Oklahoma might be. We out. might go without Trey Young and Colin Sexton in the tournament. Be a hell of an NIT matchup. <laughs> Florida might not make the tournament. No, maybe, maybe, maybe not. If they lose to Kentucky and then get bounced early in the SEC, yeah, they might be out. I don't that know, team man. was they're, number four. They're a seven, number two, number they, three. They they're major. trending as a seven seed right now. Okay. I, I don't think they're falling out. Like, again, Alabama is though. Somebody what, has what to we, make all, it. What yeah. we always go back to with the bubble when you start looking at those other teams. Holy cow! It but, is 
atrocious. But this Alabama year. is Alabama in bra- are they out bracket right now? No, Alabama's out. a ten seed right okay. now, but they're the they're, third ten seed. They're falling but fast. They're, they're legitimately on on the ropes. Oklahoma a nine seed. So wow, both of those are probably in, but they're legitimately teetering. Yeah, very much. so. The fact that they're teetering tells you how bad the bubble is this year. Yes, you know what's been fun, Rick? Not having to talk about the bubble this year for either side, like. Last year, we at least had to, because of the losing streak, we at least had to, like... Oh, Xavier was on the bubble yeah, yeah, we, the final week of the season. We at least had to, to be aware of it. The year before, Cincinnati was kind of back and forth. They kind of accordioned near the bubble. This year, we, we've been talking about top four protected seeds. And even Kentucky got their act together, and we haven't had to talk about the bubble for them. We have not had to talk about the bubble at all. I looked at it last night, really, kind of for the first time in terms of what it looks like. Barf! Oh, it's 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 disgusting. The Marquette still in the conversation makes me sick. It just I don't, and they are. Yeah, I mean they're first four out right now. I think by most people, and wow. uh, I mean you get two more big wins, sure. and they're probably in. Sure, which I, is going to be possible. Agreed. Uh, it's so bad, so bad. Thank God we don't have to talk about it. That's a good call. Yeah, and the problem with having to, like, doing what we do and having a team that you cover every day that's even near the bubble is, like, Xavier at one point was, like, a six or a seven seed by everyone last year, and everyone in Xavier's fan base thought they were on the outside looking in. And it's like, what are you talking about? No one thinks this but you. Now, granted, then they went on the six-game losing streak, and you got to the end of the season, they legitimately had to beat DePaul to... I think get into the tournament. Right. If they lose to DePaul, they probably either one of those games, the end of the regular season yeah. or they would have missed it last year. They would have missed. Yeah. So I mean it ended up playing out that way. But before you get to that point, fans are just oh, we're not gonna make it. We're not gonna make it. It's like you're a seventh seed. Yeah, you're, you're gonna make fine. it fine. Yeah. Um Remember, and- all of those teams behind you also stink. No, but it's interesting for Kentucky because I never thought they were going to fall out of the tournament. We had no. a question a few weeks ago, although all of, sudden, all of a sudden it looked like they were falling close to that yeah that was gonna be my question i mean they can they can legitimately play their way back up to a four seed i yeah especially since when you look at the top five seed above them they're the number two five seed right now in bracket matrix the top five seed is arizona so that's coming down correct um then you go ohio state clemson wichita state west virginia and ohio state um could in the i mean they could go out as early as the quarterfinals of the big 10 tournament i don't think they do yeah today um i don't think they do but they could so if they do down they come. Who else did you have, Rick? Clemson. Clemson. Oh, yep. Don't trust them at all. Yeah. And then you get Wichita State and West Virginia, which are probably going to be it. But, I mean, UK won at West Virginia. Right. So There's your tiebreaker. Yeah. Who knows what happens there? But the one thing about the SEC is it's not as good at the top, but it is really deep. And if they start looking into, okay, how many tournament teams did you beat? SEC is going to have like eight, Seven or eight. eight teams in the tournament. Right. So you'll have 12 games there alone. Right. I, mean, I think I th- I think they probably solidified a five six at very worst if you lose at Florida lose in the first game of the of the SEC tournament but yeah they've gone from where we were talking about you know eight nine ten ish to the nuclear option of maybe out if they'd lost yeah. all these games in a row to now you're back to talking about a top four seed for goodness sake that's how volatile it's Drink. been this year yeah yeah insane for goodness sakes for goodness sakes all right uh, Rick the Horizon League tournament begins on uh, Friday NKU does not play until. Uh, Saturday, they will play the winner of Cleveland State, Youngstown State, and then uh, because of the way the tournament is structured, they would have a day off. Have a day off because because two more quarterfinals are played on so Sunday. Weird. Well, I think no, I, trying to do, I love, I love it, it because now. what they do is, is you're giving your one and two seeds that extra day off 
because to make a run. To make a run, and I think that's the right thing to do in a one bid league. But also not. I think like letting letting you sit for two days while everyone else is playing the tournament is a disadvantage too. Yeah, like I one days. I think that's it. So I think getting to play on that second day, but then getting another day of rest after that. So the teams that are going to have to come from behind to beat you are going to have to play at least three games, if not four games, in in four days. So. It's nice that you get that extra day off. Yeah. It's just a, because nobody else does it, it just seems weird. I don't dislike it. It's just how would, you like, how, how would you like tickets for day one? Can I give you tickets for day one? Green Bay and Detroit's 12 and 19 and 8 and 23, and then Cleveland State 9 and 22, Youngstown 8 and 23. I think I'm good. All right, you good with that? I'm good. <laughs> you're, yeah. you're, I think I'll stay. You're okay with that? I'm good. All right, so NKU would face, as I mentioned, the winner of Cleveland State, Youngstown State. I I. Look, last year the bracket busted wide open. It was a crazy tournament. It's what helped NKU, plus the way NKU played, to make the run to win the horizon. I, I just don't see NKU losing to either Cleveland State or Youngstown. It would be a monumental upset. I'd be in a bad spot. All right, so then comes, comes, comes Oakland or IUPUI, and I say or because the way Oakland plays, they could just as easily win this thing, and they could just as easily lose to eleven and eighteen IUPUI. Well, and don't forget IUPUI just beat Wright State. Right. I mean, they, they, I think they played Oakland tough um, a few weeks ago too when they played. So that that IUPUI team you just never know about, and that Oakland team you certainly never know about. Yeah. So you hope you get an upset there, but even if you don't, I think you got to feel a lot better about Oakland this time around. They don't have Martez Walker, one of their better scorers, one of their most athletic defenders. Kendrick Nunn's awesome, well, but they're and, not playing as well as and, they were honestly, when they came to NKU. Because Walker went out, I, I'd have to like, specifically see the day he went out, but it feels like since he went out, that's when they just hit the skids. Yeah, I mean, they were already you know, so Teetering. inconsistent and struggling yeah. before that and had lost some games, and they've definitely dropped a few since then. Um, NKU is the team to beat. They did win the regular season title. I think you would point to them even though they lost to Wright State twice. Is there, is there a dark horse potential of a team you're like, boy, I just hope they don't face them? Well, UIC is certainly dangerous. I mean, with the way they played at the end of the year, the Dikembe Dixon thing is a little weird. weird. You have to wonder what's going on in that locker room. But they didn't seem like, I mean, they seemed like a cohesive team at the end of the season. um, And they're athletic. So they have athleticism that most of the teams in the conference don't have. And they would play uh, Wright State in theory in the semifinal round. Right. The only other team that I would keep an eye on that I could see just making a finals because they can screw you up with their style of play and they're big and physical enough to do it is Milwaukee. Milwaukee. And they play UIC in the quarterfinals. They will really slow you down and that will give UIC some trouble. They're just big and physical and it's it's kind of, if, if they take care of the ball to the point that they can slow it down against you, it's tough to get out and run and do what you want to do offensively against them. Yeah. And they rebound well, so... That that could be one to watch if you're looking for a real dark horse. Yeah, the, the league awards were handed out in the Horizon League uh, on Tuesday. Yeah, we um, need to talk about that. Uh, Kendrick Nunn was Player of the Year. I don't think you have an argument with that, do you? I, or do I, you? I don't. I don't have an argument personally because I think if you ha- if you were a coach in this conference who had to watch film of him preparing for him and then had to guard him every time you played that team, you would feel like he was the best player in the conference without question. Is there an argument though to be made that he certainly dominated the league? But their team was a huge disappointment, whereas Drew dominated the league. Yeah, and let's say Drew McDonald was a first team. LeVon Holland was a second team. Second teamer. Yeah, Drew McDonald's the only other one who was in the conversation for player of the yeah. year. It was a two-man race. Drew McDonald dominated the league, averaged a double-double, was awesome all year, and played on the best team in the conference. I, if someone has that argument, I, it's, I get it. Like, I get it. Is it labeled MVP? Yeah, and that, that sometimes is, is the difference of MVP versus player of the year, right? 
Right. I mean, player of the year to me speaks of who was the best player in the conference. Right. MVP speaks of, of who the, was the, the most important, which would on, probably, on, yeah, which would probably, probably be Drew. Be Drew. Mike, yeah. I, I don't have a problem with the Kendrick number, but I, I, your point's well taken. No. And, and again, if you made me choose, I would have chosen Kendrick none because I think he's just unguardable this year and just outstanding. No, but, no love for Grant Benzinger. Next, next his, question. His silence speaks volumes on that one. Um, I also think coach of the year yeah, situation. Steve, Steve Nagy at Wright State got the coach of the year. They were picked to finish fifth with no no one had right. them first in the preseason. Yeah, I, I have no problem with it. I so, think Tom Brand did a great job, but I have no problem with it. So essentially, this gets back to the whole idea of what is coach of the year, and it's that you weren't as bad as we thought you were going to be. That's what the award should be. Or you you overachieve what we thought. There's a, there's a difference. Right, exactly. But I mean, that's but that's usually what people make the coach of the year, right? Like, it's either for the most. I mean, for the most part, it seems to be the the coach that exceeds expectations, and not the coach of the best team in the conference. Otherwise, Jay Wright would win the Big East Coach of the Year every year. Yeah, except for me, this that, one. That, yeah, that's 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 probably fair. So it's kind of like a weird award to give out in general. Um, I get it. You know, they were picked fifth. NKU was picked second. Yeah, I believe so. Second, Oakland, I had a few Oakland, first Oakland place picked, Yeah, Oakland was picked yeah. first. You know who didn't get Coach of the Year award? Greg Campy. Uh, no, he did not. <laughs> but, they but, got that one. Right. But he'll still be coaching there ten years from now. He's coach coach for life. For goodness' um, sakes. Speaking of Coach of the Year, in, and and I is Chris? Does, should Chris win the the Big East? Yeah, he has to. You would think. Yeah, I just I was trying to think if there's anybody. Uh, are you are you going to ask Woj who he voted for when you get up there? I think we'll know who Woj voted for. I don't ask them who they vote for. I get it from another coach, and then I go in and roast them in like, so why'd you vote the way you did? I'm not telling you who I voted for. Well, that's okay. I already know. So <laughs> how about, I just want you to explain it. How about in the American? Kelvin Sampson or Mick or Greg Marshall? And I, I think Greg Marshall would be third on my list of that. What about group. the dude from Tulane? Their offense is getting better. They, they, if they beat UC, they got a chance to finish over 500, too. They're 14 and 14 Actually, right now. you could make a serious argument for Frank Haith because – Nobody thought that they were going to be worth a damn. Tubby? They finished fourth. Uh, Tubby, you could make a decent argument for. They were supposed to be terrible, and yeah, I, they're right. At, I mean, they're going. They're they're approaching twenty wins. They've dealt with their star player being out for a handful of games. They'll be a they'll be a tough out in the college insider. They will. Um, Is that still a thing? The CBI, <laughs> yeah, CBI. Probably, and it's a coin flip. I think between Mick and Sampson. Because I, I mean, you know, they were UC was picked to win the league. As long as they win tonight, they've got at least a share. You know, everybody thought them and Wichita State were going to be. Are they gonna cut down the nets at Tulane tonight? No. Okay. No, they Just won't check. do that. They might fly home, then fly back. Put the floor down. Put their floor down at NKU. Cut the nets. It's gonna be tough. Back on the plane because they got a high school games going on. It's gonna be a tough, tough move. They'll have to wait till Monday. Yeah. <laughs> Ninth region tournament. Yeah. Um, Until Tuesday. That's why they had. That's why they're on the road for the last two games. Yes. Yeah, because um, they couldn't obviously schedule a home game when NKU had already yeah, booked the facility. Mick or Kelvin Sampson, I think for me. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I might vote for Sampson. Sampson, I want to talk to Sampson. Uh, it's yes, Cuban B. If UC loses to Wichita State, I think it's going to be Sampson. That would be my guess. That's, yeah. Even see the thing that that. Them losing that game to Memphis, though. I mean, if they win that game, and Wichita State beats Cincinnati, they they could have been the one seed, right? Because there'd have been a three way tie. I don't know exactly. Well, Wichita State probably would have because they'd have done the three team tiebreaker. Wichita would have beat Cincinnati twice, but right. they would have been the two seed. 
because they split with Wichita and, right. and UC would have been zero and two in that scenario. Um, that loss to Memphis is, was a big hit for them because they were trending up pretty fast. Yeah, no like, doubt, no doubt, and playing very well, and playing very well, and and you know they bounced back. Boy, they they took it out on Temple. It felt bad for AAC Coach of the Year Fran Dunphy. Um, he's not going to he's not going to win Coach of the Year. He's not going to win. He's going to have. But it's the Fran Dunphy Award, right? It's, yeah, it's the Fran Dunphy. Memorial. No, he's not dead yet. <laughs> Memorial, but he's not dead yet. Yeah. Award. Okay. The, the Fran Dunphy Memorial. Parentheses. Parentheses, he's but he's dead. not, not dead, dead yet. yet. AAC coach of the I year. Like, I like that. Um, I think I might. I, I mean, I you know, I guess when you look at it, Cincinnati's in a position. If they, if they win the next two, yeah, I think it's Mick. If they lose, you blew a three-game lead with six games to go. Yeah. Yeah. As much as that pains me to say, right? It is. I mean, it's a it fact. is what. Yeah, I mean, the the back six games of their schedule were much tougher than the sure. first twelve. But you, if you were up three with six to go, you got to you got to finish that out and get an outright title. Agreed. We we didn't uh, mention on the NKU thing. Jalen Tate, well deserved all defensive oh, yes, team yes, and all rookie yes, team too. Yes, correct. he's going to be a star. Correct. And uh, star star. And Tyler Sharp did not get six man. It's your guy. I know a couple guys that voted for him actually for it. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, he's he's been a big help. He's been a, a walk help. on. He's been a big help. Um, before I get your final takes, um, the NIT is going to try some experimental things um, in in their tournament. They're going to go to a wider lane, which I don't really care about. Is this just coming out because like we remembered that the NIT exists because it's almost postseason time? Because they announced this like over a year ago, right? I think they announced they were thinking of doing. It. I don't know if they officially announced that they were going to do. Oh, it. I thought that was like yeah. a done deal a long time ago. But I've I I seen all these stories. About I, I do like the quarter system. I do like the fact of going to quarters because I think it 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 it. I, I don't know. It just feels like a team that gets seven fouls in the first eight minutes of a game is so hamstrung because you're getting to ten pretty quickly, and then it's just nothing but a free throw fest. And I, this at least recycles the chance of the bonus through the quarter system. And. There's not. There's no other real change the quarter system brings, right? I mean, is there any other no. advantage or downside to having the quarter system yeah, aside I, from resetting the, the Falcons? The only thing I can't think of is, is when do you do your media timeouts? Because right now they're in they're in four minute spurts. Just do if one you, a quarter, right? That's what I was thinking. But, but five. You, yeah, but but I think ten you, minute quarters. You do it, at but five. you'd end up having one less media timeout per half. Yeah. Whether that's right or wrong, because you're doing it in four minute increments as opposed to five minute increments in the quarter system. I don't have a problem with it, but it, that, that's the only other change I can think of. Yeah, well, TV will figure out how to get their commercials and get their no money. Question. It might be a three minute. It might be a three minute mid quarter break. Yeah, you might get two extra. Yes. Uh, per half, actually, but I, I think they should do that. Um, the rest of the rules, I don't really have too strong. Of a yeah, the widening the lane way. doesn't do anything for me. I, I I don't mind the idea of moving the three point shot back, and I think that I, I think that's something that needs to be looked at. I think it's becoming almost, I shouldn't say too easy because that's not fair because it's not a 50% shot for guys, but you don't have to make 50% of them to make it be an efficient shot. I think it's becoming, I don't know, I was watching a game from 15, 18 years ago and it, it just you watch guys and the three-point line was not utilized like it is today. Now, certainly it's because people have understood how it's evolved, but I think it's also because that's what kids have grown up doing more is is shooting that, that long jump shot and they become more proficient at it. And maybe it's time to look at extending it even further. I'm fine with that. I think um, one benefit is it creates a little more space, which yes. is the same thing Widen the Lane does, yes. theoretically. Yeah. Um, and then it, the, the thing about it is we've seen guys will keep hitting the shot no matter how far you move it back. 
they'll get used to that yeah. and guys will be really good at shooting that. So I have no issue. I don't think it'll change quality of play or hurt offense at all. Real, I mean, so many of the guys are already shooting. Shot, some are shooting really deep. Yeah, some are shooting really deep. You're, you're right. Uh, because you need the extra space yeah. a lot of times when you're running stuff to, to get open. So that's where you're catching the ball is two or three feet behind the line. Yeah. Um, and then the other one is on offensive rebounds. The shot clock gets recycled to 20. I like that. I do too. I like, they've done it with fouls this year. Yes. Yeah. Fouls, it resets to 20 instead of 30. Um, I, I I don't mind it at all. You don't need that. What do you need that extra ten? No, seconds the, for? yeah, the extra ten seconds is to, is to technically you have ten Bring seconds the in the back. To, yeah, yeah. You, you're already in the front court. You already have possession. Get into your stuff. Run it. Let's go. I like it. I I've been a fan of that with the fouls all year this year. I yeah. think it's kind of moved things along yeah. a lot better than resetting it to thirty every time. Yep. Anything that keeps the game moving quicker and allows teams to or forces teams to play a little bit faster, I'm in favor. Yeah, and a lot so. of and a lot of times on offensive rebounds, it's a stick back opportunity anyway. You're not you're using two seconds of it and may, maybe a late game situation. Yeah, that's that's really where but, it changes yeah. is the late game rebound where you pull it Kick out it and out, now you're yeah. able to run a full yeah. possession off the clock again, which you know I don't feel too strongly either way, but I'm definitely fine with them yeah. using that. Yeah. All right, Chad Brown you got a final take? Congrats to Xavier. Very well said. Rick Boring, did you seriously say short pants? I did seriously say short pants. Summer short pants. Summer short pants. They're short pants and they're shorts. Is that a Cuba thing? Yeah, they're short pants and they're shorts. Short pants are dressier. Shorts are like athletic shorts. No, they're just shorts. No. Short pants. I'm going to look up Jason Penny right now. I cannot believe you're actually defending yourself on this or be willing to die on this hill. Like this that, is so dude, ridiculous. You know me. That I'm, you not, even I'm, said this. I'm, I'm always willing to die on it. But hang on, I'm going to look up. I'm going to look up short pants as we speak. Go ahead. While you do that, my final take would be about officiating. Um, and this is not quite what the direction Brendel went in last week with his. But I, it, images for short pants. I'm just telling you what I'm looking at. Shop short pants. Shop short pants. Macy's. They're going out of business. But you can shop for short pants at Macy's. Yeah. Type in shorts. See what comes up. Okay. He's dying on this hill. <laughs> this is the most absurd. Old man Skinner is dying on the short pants I didn't pants bring, bring up the topic. Here it is, shorts, and it shows more athletic shorts. I'm just saying. Go ahead. I, I, Back to officiating. Because they, they don't wear pants. shorts. They wear those stupid-looking slacks. They wear real pants. Yeah, well. Long pants. Long pants that are... <laughs> That don't have belts. Winter, winter, sands a belt long for, pants. Forever winter now known as pants. winter long pants. Winter long pants. Yeah. So <laughs> it seems like we've hit a fever pitch now with people complaining about college basketball officiating. I don't know that it's necessarily wrong. I think there's so much inconsistency in the way the game is called at the college level. The funny thing is, though, I keep I, fans keep complaining about it and want it to change, want it to be more consistent. Want them to quit micromanaging the game and let the guys play, whatever. Those same people then complain about the NBA and how much stuff is let go in the NBA and how poor the officiating is in the NBA. I hate to tell you this, but the alternative to what you see now in the college game is letting them play more, and the game becomes physical. a lot more like the NBA. Yeah. Well, I don't think it's physical. I think you you don't call ridiculous travels just because a guy changed his pivot foot at the top of the key of it and no impact on the game. You don't call a bunch of touch makeup fouls out on the perimeter when a guy's not even trying to attack the basket and it has no change in the game. Stuff like that, that's how that's well, how you get it more consistent and you take out all the ticky-tack stuff. If, but people don't like that anymore. Well, have three-man crews made it to the point where... where they're, they're just guys looking in their area trying to find something. They're all justifying their paycheck. Right. They all feel like they got to call enough fouls. Um, I do think that's an issue. But like I, I think at the NBA, the officiating from professional 
to college basketball is so vast compared to like college football versus NFL. I couldn't tell the difference between an NFL ref and a college football ref. To me, they're the same guy. But if you watch an NBA game versus a college right, game, right. NBA refs are so much better, and the flow is so much better at that level. I mean, it's just interesting to me because fans keep complaining about the college refs, but then I also hear everyone say they hate the NBA. I so it's say, like, you got to choose one or the other. I, I, I think, like the Kentucky game last night was terrible. You, you didn't get to see it because you were at Xavier, I would assume. Yeah. But there was no flow in that game. There, a guy got ejected in the first in the first media timeout. That was really impressive. I heard that. How do you get ejected player? by the first media timeout well, before the first media like he was timeout? On him though, I mean, he was yapping on the one. But but that's what I'm saying. How are you already that ja- ja- like jacked up at the first? I know. And then he You're- shoved two hands, shoved the guy in the back that knocked him into his teammate. I mean. I think it's time to go, son. You've had, right, like you've had a I bad just, night. What? I don't get how you're that jacked up with, with 18:46 left on the clock in the first half. Caffeine pills got him. <laughs> Something got got him. He's going. on the greenies. Got him going. No, I, I think that's the unfortunate part. It was of almost college. unwatchable for parts of that game. And, I do, and I do. Xavier wasn't much different. It oh, was Xavier. That was what brought it up. Was like the officiating the Xavier game, and not one sided. Just in general, it felt like. I mean, for instance, uh, Rodney Bullock's fourth foul of the game that took him off the floor at a crucial point when they were trying to make a comeback came as a result of they didn't call two obvious hammer fouls underneath against Karam Kanner. Rebound bounces out, and then it's like, eh, we didn't really call him. So now they call a ticky-tack loose ball and foul. And that's the frustrating on part. On Providence's best player and take him out of the game. It's like, just call the normal foul right. or don't make the makeup call. Like, right. Th- there's too much of that in the college game where it's like, it feels like we didn't call enough fouls for this four-minute stretch. We have we looked at the, the score sheet. Now we've got to tighten it up and, it, and call it, it more uh, it goes, ticky-tack. But it goes back to the guy under the bucket decides he's going to pass the different guy outside decides he's going to call it. It's not. That's where a crew needs to get in sync about all of that stuff. It, it, you mean it's not good to work seven games in seven days correct. with it's, seven different crews? It's not. Yes, that's not correct. good. Yeah, that's not good. Absolutely, in seven different cities. Yeah, in three different time zones. That's or at least bad. two different time zones. Yeah, probably physically isn't good, and probably isn't good for for the flow. For guys that are in their like fifties and whatnot, maybe sixties. Yeah, it's not a good good concept. We've, Even forties. We've got a new guy to add to our list of notable refs. By the way, that you notice every time you rush your game because he stinks. Tony Chioza. That's yeah. the guy that. that yeah, he stinks. He's off. I mean, yeah. he's just so. It seems like he is actively seeking out. Like debates with yeah. players and coaches, and then he holds it against them the rest of the game. And yeah, yeah and see, that's bad. That, that's way he calls the that's game. poor. That, that's poor. Take your dumb ass out of the game. Just blow the whistle, call the foul, walk to the table, correct. Shut the hell up, and and don't exist. Just look good in your winter long pants. And if somebody questions, it, just explain to them. Here's what I saw. And that's all I ever asked for. If it, just just tell me if you saw something that I didn't see. It's hard for me to argue that point with you. But if you're going to give me some. Um, I call what I called. No, that's not it. Oh, that's he's not, very much that type. That's of not guy. a rapport. Give yeah. me some. Give me a little give and take here, dude. So we've had we've had the two greatest lines in skinny podcast history over the past two weeks. We need to vote on which one's better. Oh, I, I, summer I, short pants or right state right state huddle. I, that I, wasn't me. I know. I didn't say it was you. I'm those, but those two oh, lines are. I know what I said, and I know how ridiculous it may have been. But summer short pants is so far beyond the pale. I, I should you know what I should I cannot I believe it came out of your mouth because honestly it, you were dead serious and now trying to defend it like it was totally a slip of the tongue and you're still out here like no that's really what they are summer short pants they are why do you keep saying it like are, it's a real thing they are short pants they're pants as opposed to shorts shorts are athletic shorts 
and the po- I've got nothing else to offer with that. Like I cannot believe you're serious, right? I now. think he wins. Yeah, you win. He rendered you speechless. I think he wins. So how, the, how the debate process works? Yeah, like you rendered him speechless, and now we have to end the podcast. All right, simple. Skinny enough. wins. All right. Summer short pants. It is summer short pants. This is, is like talking to someone on Twitter in real life right now. It's like this is so dumb. I just have to Close step away. You, I, just mute me. I, <laughs> I, I, that's what was I was doing right there. All right, there you are. Block me. One or the other. No, I'm a muter. Or unfollow blocker. You can unfollow yeah. me. I'm, I had to mute a, a guy last night because no, just because he was annoying. Like not, he was asking for like explanations and stuff. I'm just like, dude, just. If you don't know, don't who are don't worry about it. Like I, I woke up this morning and blocked Xavier's game day account because you just felt somebody said something last night and I'm, somehow I got tagged in it and I oh, I woke I up this morning that. and Xavier game day had put the eighty nine seventy six thing in my timeline, so it was just an automatic block. Go away. Simple enough. <laughs> All right. All right, boys. We'll be back on Sunday. We got uh, some conference tournaments. Actually, one will be concluded. We already have a team in. In the field of 68 comes Sunday by the time we do the podcast. We will. The Big Ten champion. Madison Square Garden. <laughs> yeah, buddy. I love championship week. Not I that too. the Big Ten is part of it. I just love day basketball. Oh, it's uh, the best. You guys, you, you guys going out drinking here when we get done? Um, today, probably no. Um, next week, mm, there's a chance. There's we're going to have to figure out what we're like. Are we going to have to go? When's the Big East start? Wednesday? I'll, I'll be in New York Thursday. So we have to go Wednesday. Yeah, that's, that's all right. Yeah, Sunday, that's Wednesday. Before, that's before a lot of them get – that's the day when some of them get going and the day before some others get going. So it'll be perfect. And the day before the day before. Like that, that's UC correct. probably won't play till Friday. That's correct. All right, we will be back uh, on Sunday with a lot to discuss. Boys, for uh, Rick Boring from Musketeer Report, Chad Brendel of Bearcat Journal, I'm Richard Skinner. This has been the Skinny Podcast, the college basketball edition, presented by Joseph Infinity of Cincinnati. Hashtag Summer Short Pants.